the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. We will talk about the podcast that is just amazingly taken over in terms of Twitter's ineptitude at silencing dissent. Robert McCullough, the guy who invented mRNA technology, appeared on the Joe Rogan podcast a few days ago, and this podcast has exploded. Aaron, have you listened to the uh, Robert McCullough podcast? I have not. You know what I'm talking about, though, right? No. Oh, my goodness. Uh, He was on with Rogan, the typical Rogan podcast, hours in length. But I listened to it, and I'm telling you, it is compelling. It is all interesting. McCullough is... The guy who invented mRNA technology, the first, like, five minutes, he's just listing his career accomplishments and how he became a doctor. And this is a guy who had a job in the real world, like a regular Joe kind of a job. But he's a high achiever. He's a brilliant guy. And he said a lot of things that big tech doesn't want you to hear, that Anthony Fauci doesn't want you to hear. And then I listened to a podcast, Megan Kelly, with uh, Dr. Jay Bhattacharya of Stanford. And he's one of the three authors of the Great Barrington declaration, which was basically, hey, all you panic porn public health people, you're not approaching this pandemic in a common sense way. These are not crackpots. Jay Bhattacharya and his two co-authors, one from Stanford, one from Harvard, one from Oxford. If you're going to name three places whose academic bona fides are pretty unimpeachable, it would be Oxford, Stanford, and Harvard. 910,000 doctors, 910,000 have signed on to the Great Barrington Declaration, meaning they agree with the points put forward by that declaration, that we were overreacting to COVID, lockdowns weren't going to work, you couldn't stop a virus because a virus goes, wait for it, viral. Yeah, the whole idea of a video going viral what do we know when somebody says oh that went viral like let's go brandon there's a statement that went viral right so let's go brandon took off not because a bunch of smart pr executives met in a big oak boardroom and said you know if we couch the meaning of blank joe biden with Let's go, Brandon. I bet we could get that to take off, and people would be shouting it at sports stadiums and buying Christmas wrapping paper with that on it and flying flags. and We could really drive the left crazy with that. No, it was not a coordinated PR campaign. It was viral. It emerged out of nowhere. It took off like a brush fire. It couldn't be stopped. It was just something that couldn't be explained and happened. Now, in the case of COVID-19, you can explain it because it came from a lab in Wuhan. Yeah, I'll say that. Take me off all the major platforms if you want to. It's highly likely it came from a lab in Wuhan. 
That is the most plausible explanation. And we haven't been able to stop it. We've masked. We've vaccinated. We've boosted. We've boosted again. We've vaccinated twice. We've locked down. We've shut down. We've done everything. Can't stop it. It's viral. It's viral. Can't explain it. Can't stop it. No matter what you do. That's what the great Barrington Declaration author said. Hey, you're reacting to this the wrong way. You can't control it. It's a virus. But it's not also without the ability to occasionally make us laugh. I received an email, Bruce at 989 The Answer, uh, from Rick. And Rick's email says, Dr. Anthony Fauci has declared snowball fighting a dangerous activity. With the heavy snowfall, the virus has been taken out of the air only to build up in the snowpack. Engaging in frivolous activity such as snowball fights will only contribute to the spread when hurling snowballs of icy death at each other. Children should be harbored indoors to avoid or reduce such dangerous activities. Yes, yes, don't put it past uh, Herr Fauci to say that snowball fighting is, uh, well, to use the parlance of the day, an existential threat, an existential threat. Uh, We spent the hour at the beginning of the show talking about all the things that Anthony Fauci is saying now that he dare not have said early on. One of them is what many of us were saying when people who uh, got murdered, got shot, and were listed as a COVID death. Now we heard at the end of the year, oh, the hospitals are overwhelmed. An astronomical number of kids are in the hospital. And the assumption is, well, then COVID is all of a sudden attacking our young people. Well, you don't have to take my word for the fact that the hospitals at the end of the year were quite likely full because what do you do at the end of the year? You got an elective surgery, you go get it done. Why? Because you've met your copay and you want to get the max payout from your insurance company. So that contributed to it. Also, kids get sick for all manner of reasons. Respiratory illnesses, other illnesses. They tend to get sick in the wintertime. And it is the wintertime over most of the United States of America. So don't take it from me, take it from Mr. Science, Anthony Fauci, that the numbers of kids in hospitals may not be what you think it is. Many of them are hospitalized with COVID as opposed to because of COVID. And what we mean by that, if a child goes in the hospital, they automatically get tested for COVID and they get counted as a COVID hospitalized individual. When in fact, they may go in for a broken leg or appendicitis or something like that. So it's overcounting the number of children who are, quote, hospitalized with COVID as opposed to because of COVID. I think it's entirely possible that Anthony Fauci has been infected with the same malady that I have had since the very beginning of the pandemic, which is TMCS. Anthony Fauci, like me, seems to be suffering from too much common sense. Wow. Welcome to the party, Anthony Fauci. Hope you enjoy it. You don't get to revel in fear over here at our party. No, we just deal with reality as it is and don't magnify the danger of something with a survival rate in excess of 99.97%. So I've never been a listener to the Joe Rogan podcast. I can't. Joe Rogan himself is a viral phenomenon. I cannot explain Joe Rogan's popularity. Joe Rogan was on a sitcom in the 1980s 
Wasn't Joe Rogan on news radio? I think he was on news radio, which was a sitcom about a radio station. I didn't work in radio at the time. Am I right? Joe Rogan, news radio. And he wasn't a star. Like he wasn't even, he was a bit player. And then the next thing I knew about Joe Rogan was Joe Rogan was doing a show called Fear Factor. And you went on Fear Factor to win a big prize for doing things you would never do unless you were going to win a big prize, like eating cockroaches or crawling through a snake-infested cave in the rainforest, something like that. Joe Rogan was kind of the MC. He would dare you to do something. He'd stand there while you did it, watch you while you did it, and see if you could complete the task and win the prize. Okay. I admire the hustle. And Joe Rogan was on the forefront of podcasting, I guess. But I never thought of him as like, wow, here's a great interviewer, Joe Rogan. And honestly, I would say he's probably not a great interviewer because if you're a great interview, you nobody's interesting enough to listen to for two and a half hours. But maybe I'm the dope in that because Joe Rogan's podcast averages, averages 11 million listeners per episode. 11 million per episode. Let me put that in perspective for you. Tucker Carlson, the number one rated show on cable news, averages per episode 3.25 million. So Joe Rogan gets more than three times the daily audience of Tucker Carlson. How many more people listen to Joe Rogan's average podcast than listen to CNN primetime? Well, another part of it, too, is that you're just talking about that the show that day, Joe has people going back. And oh yeah, back. so you can sure. triple that, quadruple yeah. that, maybe much more. Yeah, exactly. This this McCullough podcast that he did knocked it out of the park originally. This podcast will be listened to for years, for years by people. Every time they think ah, evil big tech, evil big pharma, evil government, they're going to go back to this McCullough podcast. But Rogan's podcast on a daily basis. Averages, averages, 11 million listeners. Primetime CNN Don Lemon averages 800,000. 800,000. Which, yeah, Don Lemon's not salty about that at all. I don't give a what you think about me. What do you think about I don't care. I'm a grown-ass man. I don't care what you think about me. I'm alive. I am who I am. I'm a grown, successful black man who a lot of people hate because then I use uh, people seeing me and people like me in a position that, that I am to be able to share what I my point of view on television it freaks people out and you know what you can kiss my behind I do not care I don't care now all good I'm glad he doesn't care because he's not getting much of an audience for a primetime host on a network like CNN and I don't know it just may have something to do with his uh level of charm and his uh appeal to others voicing that sentiment drunken on new year's eve but we're going to get into this uh mccullough podcast this dr peter mccullough podcast with joe rogan what he had to say about big tech what he had to say about big pharma what he had to say most importantly about a phenomenon he sees happening in the united states that happened in world war ii germany that's next on the bruce Woolley show
So I'm a little rusty. I uh, confused two guys who have similar views of the government response to COVID, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough and Dr. Robert Malone. The Rogan podcast that is crushing it is the Robert Malone podcast. And Robert Malone is the guy who um, has been banned from Twitter because, of course, we can't have any information out there that conflicts with the approved messaging. Uh, This will get Robert Malone branded a kook, I am sure. But I don't think it's all that kooky because everything he talks about with the similarities where we are in our country with censorship and demonizing people for diversity of thought uh, is certainly indisputable. And it was certainly present in a historical situation that none of us want to relive. What the heck happened in Germany in the 20s and 30s? You know, very intelligent, highly educated population, and they went barking mad. Um, And how did that happen? Um, The answer is mass formation psychosis. When you have a society that has become decoupled from each other and has free-floating anxiety and a sense that things don't make sense, we can't understand it. And then their attention gets focused by a leader or a series of events on one small point, just like hypnosis. They literally become hypnotized and can be led anywhere. And one of the aspects of that phenomena is the people that they identify as their leaders, the ones typically that come in and say, you have this pain and I can solve it for you. I and I alone okay, can fix this problem for you. Okay, Then they will lead, they will follow that person. It doesn't matter whether they lie to them or whatever. The data are irrelevant. And furthermore, anybody who questions that narrative is to be immediately attacked. They are the other. This is central to mass formation psychosis. And this is what has happened. We had all those conditions. If you remember back before 2019, everybody was complaining, the world doesn't make sense, blah, blah, blah. Um, And we're all isolated from each other. We're all on our little tools. We're not connected socially anymore, except through social media. Um, And then this thing happened, and everybody focused on it. That is how mass formation psychosis happens, and that is what's happened here. So this has gotten Robert Malone branded as, you know, an alarmist, as a crazy person. The Atlantic did a hit piece on him as far back as April because he was sounding an alarm about vaccines and about blindly following along with what the public health officials were telling you. Um, he says things that I will see. I, I will agree that if you are a conspiracy theorist, he says things that, well, it makes you more locked in to the fact that vaccines are being pushed to harm you, that your health is not the top priority. This is why... Robert Malone's podcast with Joe Rogan uploaded on New Year's Eve. I think it's like episode 1700 and something of the Joe Rogan podcast series. Uh, It's why YouTube has banned it. They pulled it off. Now, you can still get it on Spotify. And Spotify pays Rogan an unbelievable amount of money because he brings an audience to them. It's a pure capitalistic endeavor. And I don't think Joe Rogan is looking for information that confounds what 
general approved thought is. I think Joe Rogan's just a guy who likes information and is open to a free exchange of ideas. Uh, here he is talking with Robert Malone about hospitals and what hospitals have, yeah, gained from COVID. The observation that I can make if we follow the money is that hospitals are incentivized to, to treat COVID patients. The thing that ties all this little part of this story together, including the suppression through the government um, of early treatment, hospitals are incentivized financially to treat COVID patients. If COVID patients are being treated outside of the hospital and prevented from going to the hospital, such as the case in the Imperial Valley, um, where Brian Tyson and George Fareed have saved thousands and thousands of lives of indigenous Latinos that are coming across the border and working the fields. I mean, they're, they're breaking their backs to save the poor. Amazing story there with early treatments. Um, and I guess they're left alone because they're in the Imperial Valley and nobody cares. They're all poor. But in these urban environments, there is all these incentives for hospitals to treat COVID patients. And if people are giving treatments that are keeping those people out of hospitals, then they're not getting that revenue. So your speculation, if I just could unpack this, that doctor in Maui who was giving early treatment, you, re- you think that the reason why he was targeted because he was directly costing the hospital money because people weren't going in? I'm not COVID? saying – I'm saying that the observation – is that early treatment keeps people out of the hospital and that hospitals have financial incentives, including death incentives, financial incentives. To discourage incentives. early treatment. Yeah, that's that's true. I checked with the, my doctor friend who works for one of the local big health conglomerates. He's like, it's not true at his hospital because they're flush with cash. But it is true of many rural hospitals that the benefit that they get from the federal government when they classify a death as a COVID death is a very lucrative endeavor for hospitals. So... You'll have to invest a fair amount of time to get context and hear the entire podcast with Joe Rogan and uh, Dr. Uh, Robert Malone. But I think it's worth your time just to listen to it with a discerning ear, see what you think. And what's amazing to me is that the powers that be think that by censoring information, denying you information, that it will kill the availability of that information. That's just not true. All it does is make it more popular. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.